Hello. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yeah, what's up? That will be quiet. There's a very important meeting. <laughs> I can see that. Behind me. That's amazing. I'm on the coast of Palermo, so we're, uh, <laughs> we're doing good. Hold on, let me close my door. I I really wanted to get one of the cats on my lap, but it didn't work out. They're not they're not cooperating. Yeah, Jones was not having it. You won't be tamed. Come on. Mm-mm. So you you actually had tacos? I did. I um I was out and about. I went out this morning. I I went to Target. I was masked and gloved. So. Uh, but we needed some things that you can only get at Target. Yeah. And so we had to go do that. And um, on the way home, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to stop at Tacos y Mas and get some tacos. That's um, awesome. Well, and I thought I should have, I should have taco pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Taco Cabana's gone. Yeah. Are they, they're just not doing it right now, right? No, they're gone. Like gone forever? Forever. That the is one on Greenville is gone. That's crazy, man. That's yeah. oh man, if Taco Cabana can't make it. Are we gonna give breakfast to our crew when we shoot another movie? <laughs> I know. I don't know what the world is coming to. We'll have to go to Taco Simas. Yeah. I uh I we got all the uh, no, we got uh, Kaya Dose the other night, which was delicious. Oh my god. So, and they uh, delivered, and we paid an absurd amount for the delivery, but it was worth it. It's worth it because we've got to keep Calle Dose open. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And tacos y mas. And tacos y mas. Um, so, yeah, what's going on in quarantine land-ish? Uh, I don't know. The city's open. What the fuck is going on? I don't know. It's really, I mean, it still feels strange to me. Like, I don't feel absolutely safe going out into the world. no. And I always wear a mask. Yeah. I always have my hand sanitizer with me. And for the most part, like I've been to the grocery store and back for the most part, everybody's following the rules. Like everybody's like, I'm going to wear a mask, but there's always that one asshole. That's like, yeah. Like, and doesn't wear a mask and gets real close to you. And you're like, fuck off. Yeah. Like somehow that's proving something. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't get that shit. I haven't really, I mean, I'm doing the same stuff I have been. So for me, I feel like I'm still in quarantine land. Like, yeah, I'll go pick up, go to the grocery store or whatever. But I'm not, I don't know. I'm not fucking hanging out anywhere. Yeah, no way. I mean, I'm, I'm, no, I mean, I, I miss it. I miss all my friends, but I also don't want, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I don't want to get my friends sick. No, and, and even like, you know, my hairdresser called because <laughs> I had an appointment, I think, like the day after this shit went down and um, they're open because, you know, salons are open again. And she called and asked. If Thank I you, Shelly Luther. What? Thank you, Shelly Luther. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and she asked if I wanted to schedule and I was like, no, nah, man, I'm, I'm cool with where my hair is at. It's really not that big of a right. deal. You um, know what? Yeah, what's funny is that our family doctor called. To see if you wanted an appointment? Called John. 
It's like, do you, do you want to come in for an appointment? And I was like, you fuckers, we can never get in to see you when we want to. Now you're fucking calling us. Fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm not. I, yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, it's a, it's such a weird thing. Even, you know, my mom and dad live in California, so they're not opening in the way that we are. But, you know, my mother even said like the other day when I, yesterday when I called happy belated mother's day, by the way. Oh, thanks. Um, so I called my, you know, I talked to my mom yesterday and, and she was, she just said, she's like, I don't understand how anything's different than when this started. Yeah. And I, I don't either. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, it's like, so we went to target and there were there weren't, there wasn't a lot of people. That's good. Um, and, uh, this is the one at city place, which is usually super crowded. Packed, yeah. Um, and we hadn't had coffee. We hadn't been to Starbucks in forever. And I was like, let's treat this like a normal day. And so there we are with masks and everybody at target is masked and you know, all the workers and you walk into the little Starbucks and there's like straight up glass. Yeah. Like at a fucking pawn shop, you know, in front of, <laughs> uh, and they don't, you can't, you can't fix your own coffee. Like they, they have to fix it for you now. Yeah. uh, And you know, they have the little corridor that you can walk around and, and all the workers are wearing masks and. So sorry to interrupt you, Krista, my love, but may I elaborate? Yes, Michael, all the hard workers were wearing masks. In fact, pretty much everybody else shopping this morning were also wearing masks, staying away and practicing accurate six-foot social distancing. However, there were at least one or two persons in our midst whose attitude and actions in this regard, well, we might have to refer to them as assholes. What do you think, Christy? I don't know what they think they're doing. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 that's, I, don't, I don't get the point. I don't get the point that they're trying to fucking prove. Yeah. To me, that's like something as stupid as like, I'm going to run all the goddamn red lights. You can't tell me like what? That's exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I was like, so I I can just like, I can go buy liquor on Sundays now because yeah. I want to. <laughs> right. I don't think you should be close on Sundays. I need my fucking amaretto right yeah. now. Yeah. It's so fucking weird. Um, so, I mean, along those lines, because there are no rules in the world anymore. That's right. We decided... We're breaking the fucking rules, Christy. We're breaking the fucking rules. <laughs> and we're going to talk about one of our favorite movies in the world that uh-huh. I think has like really influenced both of us. Yes. And that movie is The Godfather and probably The Godfather 2. Uh, and it's not a horror movie at all. And it's, we don't a horror movie. it's not a horror movie. No. It, it or really is. is it? No. Um, well, this all started because, well, I mean, I don't know if it started because of this, but every so often, I'll just like, I think it's time to watch The Godfather. Sure. And once you start, you're like, well, now I got to watch two. Yeah, definitely. And now I got to watch three. Yeah, which is um, bold because a lot of people right. will not watch three. No, I, I will watch it every time. I, you know, I, I may have not liked it the first time. But on repeated viewings, there are things about it that I like. I I agree. And I think it is, as a movie, if it were its own thing, you'd be like, wow, this is a really good movie. Um, It being, 
you know, 16 years after the arguably the best sequel ever made. Yes, uh, it, absolutely. It, it's, just, it's an impossible sort of follow up. Well, I know that no, we're, here we go. We're starting from the back end. But here's what I really, really appreciate about three is that unlike other sequels, um, you know, sometimes you have a movie like The Godfather, which is incredible and is considered like the second greatest film ever made next yeah. to Citizen Kane. Although I think, I think The Godfather's better, but, um, and then the sequels after that, they just kind of like a horror sequel. They take all the best things about the first one, but kind of lose the essence of what that first movie was about. Right. And it's kind of like all the sequels are the greatest hits of the first one, but right. there's not really any story. There's no right. story. What I love about the entire Godfather trilogy, even in three, is that they don't lose. They don't lose um, what the original story is about. You know, we continue to follow. We get we get new characters. We meet sure. people. Well, not necessarily new people, but like grownups now. Yeah. Right? Um, and then, like you know, the the next generation is now right. of age or whatever. But the movie is still about Michael's arc. Oh, definitely. And and the, like all three movies. You learn all this stuff, but the story is about Michael's arc. Arc. I yeah. And, and, and I think three, my favorite thing about three, or one of my one of my two favorites, I love Andy Garcia in it. I absolutely yeah. love Andy Garcia. In it. I do too. I also think it completes Connie's arc. Oh my um, god. In in a really awesome way. Connie and, should be the godfather. Because Connie goes from like, you know, very much sort of victimized in one by Carlo and, you know, protected by her brothers, Sonny in a very like real way and Michael in a very like fucking horrible. Like disaffected way. In the, you know, pure Michael Corleone fashion. And then in two, she's a fucking wreck because Michael ruined her life. And then in three, she's a goddamn badass she is a badass and you're like oh right she is she is a corleone she is a corleone um just she's the one girl but like yeah but like i want to i mean and we can save this for later but the scene in three right after michael has confessed to the to the uh, pope pope yeah like you do like the book here's your confession yeah um and then he's at home and he's like having this panic attack like he does and and connie absolves him in a way yeah. connie goes you did what was best right and yeah. she doesn't she doesn't say i know you killed fredo <laughs> right <laughs> i know you did it she doesn't she doesn't say that but she basically says, you've taken care of us. Yeah. And I forgive you. And yeah. you did your best. And it's almost like the, the, the absolution that, for, or the absolving that Michael needs. For, for Fredo and for Carlo. Yeah. Um, even though Carlo fucking deserved to die like a 
Carlo, but he Carlo was the garbage human. Garbage human. Like it's um, so satisfying when Sonny is fucking beating him up with a trash can. Yeah, it's my favorite. Oh my god, <laughs> it's the hand. best. Um, I, okay, so like we're all over the place. Yeah, I guess. But, that, but I want to say this kind of started because this last time that I started watching it, which was last weekend, I texted you. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I love movies, Michael, but I, you know, you are a scholar of movies. Um, <laughs> why is, you laugh, but it's true. Um, why do you think that The Godfather, because to me, it's not classified as a, it's not a crime drama to me. Yeah. To me, The Godfather is a, a family drama. To me, it's, it's about being American. Yeah, I completely agree. And that is how it started. Cause you, you texted and said, you know, it's, it's, it's lumped in, right. It's categorized as crime on. Yeah. Whatever. They put it in with like stuff like Scarface and Carlito's way. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, you know, I think that's an easy marketing thing, right. It's, it's, it involves the mob and all of that. And there is gang violence and that kind of stuff, but I think you're right. And I think the reason I love it so much more than uh, a lot of movies, and this will get me kicked out of the Italian club, but why <laughs> I prefer it to all of Scorsese's crime dramas, um, even if you want to argue that Scorsese is the, the better filmmaker, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know about that. I, yeah, I, I don't either. And th- those two guys are like best friends. So I, I you know. Uh, right, they're different uh, kinds of filmmakers. Filmmakers, yeah. But I think The Godfather is a family drama and it is about the myth of the American dream and what it is to be American when you're not uh, what America thinks you should be. And um, that to me has always been far more interesting and the family stuff than it being a sort of look at, at mob life, uh, which I don't really think at all. I don't really think it is at all. I think that the, that that you know that part of the film is the vehicle for these family relationships. Yeah, and, and I think this, this dream that Vito has, yeah, of being American, of being American. The very first audible line of dialogue is "I believe in America." That's the yeah. very first audible line of dialogue you hear, and it's spoken by a relatively inconsequential character, right? Right. Um, the undertaker who's, who's asking uh, Don Corleone Vito uh, for a, for a favor. And, um, you know, he asks Vito for a favor because his wife was his, uh, sorry, his daughter was beaten, almost raped, but not, she kept her honor. She kept her um, honor. And he went through the process that he believed you're supposed to go through as an American. You go to the police and then you go to the courts. And of course they failed to bring any justice. Because, and he says it, he says, the daughter started going out with a boy who wasn't Italian. Mm-hmm. So you, 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 you know, you assume that it was a white guy. Yeah. He's like, and, and because he's like, Yes, we're Americans now. He allows her to do that. Yeah. And then the white guy tries to rape her along with a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 then they get they walk out basically with no, essentially no punishment. 
Wow, it's, stuff like that still happen today, Michael. I mean, fucking hey, man. <laughs> it's huh. uh it would never happen and you know, um yeah, it's horrifying. And uh and it also establishes immediately like Vito's own sort of moral code because he asks Vito to kill these kids and Vito says they didn't kill your daughter. They that's not them. justice. Yeah, that's not justice. Um he implies that he's gonna fuck them up. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But he, we set up, you set up almost immediately kind of where Vito stands. Um, and also you set up immediately that you have this group of people who are in, in, who are trying to become American, who, who believe in this bullshit fucking concept of the American dream. You work hard. You yeah. follow the rules. And, and, and America is, is open up, opens up for you. Yeah. And I think to me, like the opening 20 or whatever minutes at the wedding, I honestly do think are some of the most, is some of the most brilliant filmmaking ever, because I think it introduces all of the main characters perfectly. Yeah. And um, when we meet Michael, you know, Michael is the embodiment of that dream that Vito has right yeah he's in his American marine world war ii uniform right he has his five foot nine wasp girlfriend right named Kay who is nothing like anyone else there right um I've always it's so you're so right it's so wonderful because and and added to that he's late he arrives late. Yeah. So before Michael even gets there, and what better place, what better place to meet the whole family and get a sense of community um, than at a family wedding? Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, it's it may be terrible for me to assume, but like I relate to that a lot. Of course. Because, you know, my culture also, it's like everybody comes to the wedding. Yeah. Right? extended family, friends, anybody who has ever done anything or had any contact with your family is going to be there is a close knit community Mm -hmm. and everybody gets to celebrate this thing that happens. Like, and I love the one line. I love the thing where the, the Enzo, the, the baker, Uh um, well not, you know, the, the, the baker comes in and is asking for the favor and then as he leaves, he goes like, oh, just wait till you see the cake I made. It's wonderful, right? And that is such kind of like, I'm going to say Italian, but it's also like a real Mexican thing where it's like, you know what? I'm going to buy you the cake. I'm going to give you the cake. Yeah. Right? I, you know what? And I'm going to give you this. I'm going to put this towards the wedding. So that it's like a real community um, I don't know. It's it's like a community celebration, a family celebration. You get to meet everybody, everybody. everybody's story. And and Michael is immediately on the outside. On the outside, but also uh, the point is made that everyone tells him how proud they are of. Right. Him. It's not that he. If they they don't begrudge what this is what Michael was supposed to be. Like I've always right. been fascinated and I always bring this up when I teach it he is the only one who has only an American name or an anglicized name 
Yeah. Um, Sonny is Santino. Fredo is Frederico. Uh, even Connie, who's younger so, than than Michael, is mm-hmm. Constanza. Is Constanza. Constanza. Yeah. Michael's just Michael. Yeah. They never. He only gets called Michele when he goes back to Palermo. When he yeah. goes back to Sicily. That's it. No one. And when they when they nickname him, he has an American. I mean, he's called Mikey. He has an American nickname, mm-hmm. and he is he is clearly the hope of of legitimizing this family. Um, and then, of course, like the sort of brilliance of it is that he's the fucking coldest, most brutal of them all. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's a point. Yeah, I mean, this is the whole thing. I think it's because he's Americanized that right. he is the most brutal. I think that, you know, because it's not that it's not that Sonny made a bad Don. I mean, Sonny's a hothead and everybody knows, everybody knows that Sonny's a hothead. And, and it's not that Sonny wasn't strong or wasn't able to protect the family. It's that, and I'm just going to be real obvious about it. It's that Sonny is like Sonny still kind of uh, operates from that kind of like Latin blood. Yeah. Right? It's he's, that that last blood. Two things at the wedding. He fucks a bridesmaid. Right. He's married and has a kid. He fucks a bridesmaid. He breaks a dude's camera and throws money at him. Right. We know everything we need to know about Sonny. Right. Um. Exactly. He's gonna he's gonna fuck who he wants to fuck, and he's gonna beat the shit out of you if he wants to beat the shit out of you. Right. And Michael has had like Michael has American military training. Exactly in in the in in you know the, the what is now and I always tell this to the kids like what has essentially become a mythologized war for us. Right. You know, World War Two. He's the, a hero. Absolutely, everyone yeah. who ever did anything in World War Two in, in American terms is is a hero, right? But Michael literally is a hero. He's a hero. Yeah, I mean, he has Michael a, is decorated. He, he has comes medals back to be more decorated. And uh, yeah, and he has a very clearly American girlfriend who's lovely, and they seem to have a good relationship at that point. Um, but she's, I mean, she is like she's I, so I, naive. Yeah, I love Diane Keaton in in one and two and two. I do. I love Diane Keaton in the movie, but like Kay. Oh. As Kay, she she gets on my... I mean, there's yeah. a part of me that goes, no, man, Kay is right. She didn't ask for any of this shit. She didn't ask for any of it. And Michael did promise her. Yeah. Michael did say, I am not like my family. I'm not going to do this. Right. But it's like, you you know who you married. Yeah, you do. You know who you married. Um, and you, when you meet her, she is, I think, in, in some ways, very, you know, very like a sort of stereotypical, like, Italian view of a Midwestern girl. Right. You know, like, oh, my God, look at all this. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, and when Johnny shows up, she's like, you know, you know, he's a famous singer and actor. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's my, my dad's his godfather. You know? He's like supposed to be Frank Sinatra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so much so that the legend is that Puzo and, and Sinatra got in a fight at a restaurant over it. I'm not sure if that's true. But, that but it's, I mean, it's like, it's no secret that Sinatra. Of course. That, that is how Sinatra got the role in From Here to Eternity. Yeah. I mean, and that's what Puzo was writing about in, in, in the book version. And then they put it in the movie, you know? 
Right. And the, I mean, the producer, the, the producer, that scene where he's like, she was one of the best pieces of ass. <laughs> she was pure. She's the best piece of ass I've ever had. I really think they're talking about Ava Gardner. I think so, too. I mean, I, I yeah. think that's yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's 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 you meet when you meet Michael and you, he's not supposed to be the thing he says to her. That's my family. K. that's not me. Right. Um at the same time, you can he clearly loves his family. Absolutely. Um, it's not that he he just doesn't want to be a part of that. And it's like, here's the thing is that I mean, Vito has really, in my opinion, good, solid family values. Absolutely. And we I, learn more about those two. values in two. Yeah. But from one. You learn like Tom Hagen. They took him in. Took him in. They he took him in. Orphan. He was an orphan. They take him in. He's not Italian. They right. treat him like their own kid. Vito sends him to law school. Yeah. Vito he, sends him to college. They he's the conciliari. He, yeah. He calls uh, the mother. He calls the mom mom. Yeah. I mean, and Michael refers to this is my brother Tom Hagen. You know. Yeah. Um, no, and I think, you know, one of the, the first things, look, I think a lot of this movie, you know, is, is about sort of like views of like masculinity in cultures like Italian cultures or whatever. But I mean, one of the things he, he beats the, I mean, he starts to sort of slap Johnny around, Vito does, because he's crying. Right. Um, and he says, you know, when you're crying like a, like a woman. But then in the same turn, he says, you know, do you spend time with your wife and kids? Right. Johnny says, of course, Godfather. And Vito says, good, because uh, um, you can't basically you can't be a man if you don't spend time with your wife and children. And it's really pointed because Sonny is standing right there. <clears throat> yes. And, and Sonny has just been fucking the bridesmaid. Fucking the bridesmaid. Um, and I, th- I think there is a clear delineation between father and sons in that regard. And I think Michael um, fails. I think they all, I mean, I think that's a huge part of the movie is the three boys fail to live up to their father who, who was a good, you know, I mean, like he did listen, man, he, now we're going to jump, but he, he was, sent to the United States as a child. He was what, 10? Yeah, after his family had been fucking murdered. His his family was murdered. Yeah. They put him on a ship. He comes to the United States in one of the most beautiful scenes. It it brings me to tears every time when he's on the boat and all of the people on the boat see the Statue of Liberty for the first Mm -hmm. time. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. And he has to live on the streets. He makes it on his own. He falls in love with his wife Mm -hmm. and he provides for his children and he loves his wife. Absolutely. I mean, and I think, you know, the, to me, the brilliance of two, and I think I brought this up and this is like sort of the ongoing debate in my family because we're split down the middle. I like one better, Mm -hmm. but of the entire series, the young Vito portion of two with De Niro 
is probably my favorite part of the entire series. I fucking love it so much. Yeah, me too. I, and I think I prefer one because I'm not as into Michael's story in part two. Yeah. But, I mean, you see, yeah, you get to see him come over. Um, they take his name from him, you know, right. which is Andolini. fucking insane. But um, I'm sure it happened. I mean, his name's Vito Andolini. Yeah. And then they say, where are you from? He says, Corleone, Corleone. And they say, you're Vito Corleone. I mean, I, I, you know, that part, yeah, that part like always gets me. I mean, that's my, that's my great grandparents, you know? Um, not that my great grandparents' family was murdered that I know of. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, my you are great, Sicilian. Yeah, that's true. Um, half, a couple of them. So my, you know, my great grandparents came over when they were, I think, between the ages of, 10 and 18, you know, depending on which one it was. And, you know, they had to leave Sicily and or Southern Italy because they were dirt poor uh, because the Northern Italians uh, stole everything. Right. Um, Which is why, like, my wife makes fun of me, but, like, fuck Northern Italy and those Swiss-looking cunts. Those Swiss-looking um, like, apples, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 sorry for the language. Like, uh, that, that's, like, one of the deepest-rooted, like, weird things in me. I've never even been, but, yeah. like, I fucking hate Northern Italy. Um, and so, yeah, they came over, and it's like, these people were dirt-fucking-poor, and no one would help them. And so, of course... Sure, the the sort of crime rose, I will take care of you, but you have to give me something for it. Right. And then we see that because when Vito, as an, as a young man, right, he begins to notice that there's that, what's that? What's the... Uh, Fanucci. Oh, Fanucci. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, but Fanucci's a fucking asshole. He's terrible. Like, Fanucci's a terrible human being. Uh-huh. And... Vito's just trying to take care of his family and take care of his friends. And he even says, he even says, what? but he's Italian. Like, why does he do this to his own people? Right. Right. And he goes, I'm going to take care of it. Yeah, man. <laughs> and he does. Like, you guys don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of it. Take care of it. <laughs> and he does in one of the, I mean, I'm just saying one of the greatest film sequences ever, ever shot, ever shot. It's, it's incredible sequence of Vito coming after Fanucci. Yeah. I mean, and the, and the, God, the beauty of there's so like the fact that he, if you watch one, obviously, and you know what ends up happening to Tessio. Yeah. You know, Michael, oh. and it has to happen. But what, when you see what Michael does to Tessio and then you see who Tessio was, to Vito as a, like who Tessio and Clemenza were to him as a young man. Right. It's heart. It's even more heartbreaking heartbreaking what happens to Tessio. It's heartbreaking, but Hey man. Yeah. And he went against, yeah. And so I, I I think there's such a, there's even in one. And then especially in two, like you said, there Coppola over and over, I think points out, how Vito is a is a better man, family wise, right. um, is is a, a a better family man than the boy than the sons, um, right? Because this is like the story of how Vito becomes the Don, 
mm-hmm. um, is juxtaposed with Michael's story of how he basically takes over Las Vegas. Yeah. And, 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 and how different those two, how things different are. those things are. And you see, um, even in one, there's a really great scene after Vito's been shot and Sonny's taken over and Vito's still alive, but Sonny's in charge and Sonny is, is going over stuff at the dinner table. And Connie says, pop never talked about business at the dinner table. Right. Um, and so you just have these like little things throughout showing like that he was a different kind of man. And then when you see him as mm-hmm. De Niro, he's so different. Yeah. I don't believe for a second Vito ever cheated on his wife or. Me, would, me, yeah. His whole life. Yeah. Would even consider it. Right. Um, you see how worried he is about Fredo. Uh, and also, I mean, God, the brilliance of like, even when Fredo was a baby, he was sickly, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. There's that, that wonderful, there's that scene where Fredo is sick. There's that wonderful scene where he gets fired from the, from, from the Jenko oh, market yeah. mm-hmm. and Mr. Jenko comes up to him and tries to give him a box of groceries. And yeah. he says, I can't take it. Can't take you it. Know? He's like, I can't, that like, that totally maybe it's I mean not my father did not kill people <laughs> but sure. like it that reminds me of my dad like yeah. like reminds me of my father who also like so believed in America my father uh-huh father so believed in 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 um not in a naive way but like loved America and 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 taught us Right. To do our civic duty and and would never take a handout like my father yeah it, it did not matter and then but that same day he's lost his job he doesn't take the handout he goes home and he brings his wife a pair yeah which is an expensive thing uh-huh pairs are expensive in those days yeah and it just that in and of itself tells you like it tells you who he is as a man. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, so I think there, you know, there's a really interesting thing. Like I think Michael could have been that. And I think when we meet Michael, he actually is a good, a decent human. I think he love Kay and all that. I think he's cold and calculated and smarter than all of them. And I think that's the key. And I think you see how calm and, quick he is when he's at the hospital and he protects right. his father. And that's what goes back to what you said. This motherfucker fought in the war. Like these idiots driving up in the car are not going to phase him. Right. But when Michael, so after in part one, you know, he, that's his sort of like, you know, I'm not going to be part of the family. And then he sees that his dad is clearly in danger and no one's there to take care of it. And so he takes care of it. And that leads him to then say, I'm going to fucking kill McCluskey and Salazzo in this right. Italian restaurant. And then Michael, because he has to flee, goes back or goes to Sicily. Um, and you see a very different Michael, you know? And I think he's not just in Sicily. He goes to his father's hometown. He goes to he goes Corleone. To Corleone. Um, Falls in love with Apollonia. Falls in love with Apollonia instantly, right? 
do not blame him. Um, and, and you see, yeah. And you see like what him getting in touch with that heritage is right. We finally hear him called by his Italian name, which I honestly don't think he's named. They just, they just call him. His name is Michael. His name is Michael. But they call him Miguel. Um, he falls in love with an Italian girl. He goes through the Italian or Sicilian courting process. We have to meet the whole fucking family. I love it. <laughs> uh, me too. And and he's also brilliant. And this is what this is one thing I think is sort of brilliant about the character of Michael is that he lives in neither world and both at the same time. He, we know he speaks Italian well. He speaks Italian well. Um, he chooses when to and when not to. Right. And so in Sicily, when he clearly oversteps and starts talking about Apollonia to a man he does not realize is her father, yeah. he can very quickly backtrack and ask his bodyguard to translate for him and in English basically say, I'm a dumb fucking American. I don't mean you any disrespect. Right. And you're like, no, but you know, like, you yeah, know yeah. this, right? <laughs> um, but I think once the shit happens in Sicily, once Apollonia dies, right, when she gets killed because of him, um, that's it. And I think Michael's done. I think, you know, I had not, I had never thought about that <clears throat> until this last time when we were texting back and forth and you, you mentioned that, you know, and I thought, Oh fuck. It's so true. Once Apollonia dies, that's it. That's it. He's like, he's absolutely American. Yeah. And I, you know, Apollonia was his one kind of like life. I I don't know, lifesaver or kind of like attachment to his heritage. Yeah, and I think once that's broken, I mean, I think Apollonia, this is going to sound absurd, probably, but I think Apollonia is Sicily, right? Yeah. There's even a point that is such an, a throwaway line, but I think is actually incredibly important when he describes Apollonia as, as more, more Greek, Greek than, than Italian. Italian. It's so important. And I think that is because Apollonia is not... This is a weird difference. Sicily is not Italy. No, it's not. It's Sicily not. is its own place. It's an island. Yeah. And and most Sicilians would say they are Sicilian. Um, they would get lumped in, obviously. But I mean, I even know, I mean, I never met my grandfather. One of my grandfathers died the year before I was born. But my grandmother, my dad's mom, I'm only, I'm only a quarter Sicilian, but my father's half. My dad's mom was Sicilian. My dad's dad was not. And he said they made fun of each other lovingly all right. the time about it. Like there right. was a clear distinction. And I think her being, him saying more Greek than Italian is like, she is symbolic of Sicily, which is its own strange thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she's gone and she dies because she wants to be a good American wife, that's why it's she dies. They do, they win, yeah. they try. They... And she dies because she's trying to learn how to drive to show Michael that she can be a good American wife and good American wives know how to drive. 
That's why she's in the car. And that's why she dies instead of him. Um, right. And once that happens, I think that's, that's gone. And any connection to the yeah. past is gone. He comes back after like he's, he, he's been gone about a year. Yeah. Comes back, waits a whole other year. Uh-huh. And then seeks out Kay. Hey, And I, I will, I always, so something I, I argue and I'm not saying everyone has to do agree with me. I, to me at that point, K is, is K is convenient. No, I think so too. I, I totally agree. And I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like you get that whole kind of love story between K and Michael in three, like where he tries to court her again. Yeah. But that's gone. Like that's, that's a, gone. yeah. I I don't think that he loves Kay the way he loved Apollonia. No, I I don't either. And I think he very much loved her in a in a way that a young man loves. Like they're really young at the beginning of one. Yeah, they're really young. And you know, even that one point, Clemenza, when when Michael's on the phone, Clemenza's like, "Oh my God, we just tell her you love her." So we can fucking get down there. Yeah. And also saying like, dude, if you love this girl, tell her you love her. Don't be embarrassed. Right. But he's acting like a teenager. Yeah. And and I think he he's a young man. I think he does care about her. What? But when he comes back, to me, this is when, if you look at it as um, if dynastic or Shakespearean or whatever, Michael needs a fucking heir. And if he's yeah. going to secure the family. He and he knows, he knows that his father has always wanted the family to go <clears throat> legitimate. Yes. This is what he's trying to do. So in order to achieve that, he needs a white wife. Yeah, he needs he needs a waspy wife named He does. Kay. He's like, you know, <clears throat> we always talk about like, I don't know, back back home in South Texas, where it was like if, if a guy had got a white girlfriend, uh-huh. right, it was always like, well, you know, they're, they're trading up They're They're like, they're trying to be, you know, more, 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 more like American. That, that's, that's the trophy. The trophy is the, you, the sign of having, of, of reaching a certain success is that you have a white girlfriend that's that's so interesting yeah and i think you know it's such an odd look i mean i I am obviously white and and get the benefits of being a white man a few generations ago that wasn't this necessarily the case no um and so yes to have a protestant american wife if if that's if you are trying to move towards legitimacy yeah and, and, right. and they have they have that conversation when he comes back and he he she he meets her in the street while she's uh-huh. you know with her students and they're talking about um you know what he does and all that kind of stuff and and she says no you're you're what you do is not like it's people power except that American like senators don't have don't people have people killed. killed. You know, people, because Michael says, my father's just a very powerful man. He's a very yeah. powerful man. And a lot of people depend on him. It's just like being a senator or or something, yeah. a congressman. And she says, you sound so naive. Yeah. 
senators and congressmen don't have people killed. And Michael's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Now, who, now who's being naive? Now who's yeah. being naive? And it's, I, I just, I love that line because, you know, you can't, you can't turn on a fucking TV show here about Latin Americans without, without it being about drug dealers. Right. Or something like that, right? Like that's the only thing that exists. Like that's the only thing that we represent, and and it's different. I'm like the only the only reason is because it's <laughs> powerful people operate the same way at all levels, no matter what race. The only difference is that it's legal when you're a a, a, a United States statesman. Yes, exactly, and I think that. Again, and it's, it's, you know, the movie came out in the 70s, but like this takes place right after the war, right? And so Kay is very much like the perfect late 40s, 50s American. Right. Of course, the, our government doesn't have people murdered. Of, right. Like, of how dare you, like, how could you possibly think your mafioso father is the same as the president or whatever? Right. And, of you know, fuck, man, that's like the weird 50s Americana bullshit. And, right. um, you know, I think the, this a huge part of this movie is in some ways the Corleones do achieve the American dream. But the American dream in, in, in the way Kay would per- say it isn't available to someone like the Corleones. No, um, he, he, he achieves everything. He achieves, Michael achieves everything his father wanted them to achieve. He has just done it in like a really cold, calculated way. And, right? and you, brought up, you brought up a good point about, too, despite that, they are still viewed as absolute fucking garbage. Yeah. By like the American senators. Right. He tries to go, he actually does try to go legitimate, right? Like yeah. they move to El- they move to Las Vegas. Yeah. They're like, I don't want anything to do with what's going on in New York, or like as little as yeah. trying to cut ties. Trying to cut ties. He's trying to get his gam- the gambling license legitimately. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm gonna pay for it, right? Yeah. And the fucking congressman from Nevada. Nevada sits in his house in Michael's house and basically says calls Italians like greasy American, like greasy yeah. people, mm-hmm. like insults him in his own home yeah. and then tries to extort money from him. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's like and no matter what he does. And and, and that's it, it's it's yeah and it's you know you talk about now like if you see Latin Americans, uh, Mexican Americans on TV, so much of the time it is this like who's in the cartel or, or whatever. And I say this knowing full well that your family has been here far longer than mine, but it's, I think Coppola also like shows that because Hyman Roth is basically an example of what Jews had to deal with when they got here. Exactly. Um, And you just see, you know, it would have been the Irish before. um, And you just see the sort of cycle of how newcomers 
are treated. Right. Um, the absurdity being that your your group of you, we were here long before anybody else, but you're right. not treated that way. Right. Um, and it's it's like yeah, it's this. So it's like, can you ever be? If you're not this one thing, can you ever be legitimate? If you know? you're not white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, yeah, can you, can you ever? ever be? Yeah, the, and like I just want to point out that one and two both start out well with these parties, right? Two yeah. doesn't start out with a party, but there is a party going on. There's um, what's it, what's the son's name? I can't remember. The Anthony. Anthony, yeah, it's Anthony's uh, first Holy Communion. Yeah. Which is like a suit, like that's a super Catholic. Big, it's a huge deal um, in Catholicism. You make your first Holy Communion, that's it. You're done. Yeah. You give you money and shit. It's great. Yeah. And so the first one is a wedding. The second one is a first Holy Communion. But the difference between these two parties is that one is so Italian. Like the first yeah. one is a, it's like an Italian party. People are singing dirty songs in Italian to Making like wine out of jugs. I fucking, I fucking love that scene yeah. where the old old man gets up and starts singing the song, and he's talking about fucking. Yeah, um, it's so funny. In the second one, you don't get that. You get the something boys choir, and uh-huh. it's very kind of like proper and a very proper, very kind of straight white gathering even though it's for first holy communion and then when uh what's his name gets up and tries to kind of like let's have some italian music right they basically make fun of him Uh uh-huh play pop goes the weasel yeah he wants to do like the tarantella or whatever he wants to do the tarantella and he's like trying to get bring some life to the party right like in the old days and the band can't do it they don't know how because they're in Fucking Nevada. Right. And everybody, like, they start playing Pop Goes the Weasel or what, right? It's Pop Goes the Weasel, right? Yeah. Or, is it, no, it's, or it's Turkey in the Straw. I don't know. It's one of those. Pop Goes he's the Weasel. just like, what are you doing? And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And everybody laughs at him. Yeah. And I'm like, man, God, Coppola is so smart. Yeah. And it, it really, it's, it's like, I was thinking about that in, you know, there's this sort of horrible push and pull versus the need to assimilate, right? Versus like versus hanging on to any sort of tradition. And, you know, my parents, neither of them, my parents are second generation Americans. Neither of them speaks Italian. And that was purposeful. Like they're, my grandparents who were first generation were bilingual, obviously. Um, my great grandparents would have preferred to speak Italian forever. Uh, my great grandmother pretended not to know English, which I think is fucking amazing. That's great. I love that. <laughs> um, she cl- knew it. She was fluent and just pretended. Um, and she would like, yeah, anyway. But my grandparents on both sides, my mom's side and my dad's, were like made it a point that their children not learn Italian so that they could be Americanized. Yeah. Um, and then you, you move it one further, and I'm third generation. I grew up in fucking Texas. I know three other than my brother. I know three Italian people here, mm-hmm. two of whom one's half German and one's half Irish. Right. And they're great. Don't get me wrong. Um, and Schmidt is more Italian than I am, but uh, 
I have zero connection at all because I grew up in a state where no one, I mean, there's no, none of us. Right. And, and so at Christmas for the last, however many years I have Turkey and mashed potatoes and pecan pie, which I love. Don't get me wrong. That's not my fucking Christmas tradition. That's not what we did growing up. And I have no, almost no connection to that. And at the same time, that's what my grandparents or great grandparents wanted. And it's a weird fucking thing, you know? God, it's, that's so strange. You know, that, that happens in a lot of Mexican families too, where a lot of, I mean, I grew up on the border, so I grew up speaking Spanglish. Right. Um, but John didn't, right? No, but for the exact same reason. His parents, his parents are from Corpus Christi. They moved to Houston and then moved to Dallas and uh, made it a point at that time uh, your neighborhood where you live was like one of the whitest parts of Dallas. Okay. Um, and they grew up, they, they purposefully moved to that side of town so that all of the neighbors would be white. So the kids would go to predominantly white schools. Brian Adams was predominantly white when John went to Back Brian in the day. Like they might've been like one of two Hispanic families. Um, and their parents purposefully did not teach them Spanish so that they would not have any problems right you know so that so that they would fit in um and uh yeah i mean as adults now they all kind of like wish they had a huge regret yeah wish they had known that had learned yeah i mean it's It's not not their fault no it's it's what their parents wanted for them yeah i mean and it's 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 a huge regret for my parents and a huge regret for my brother and i me um, but yeah, I mean, my, both my parents would say the only time they would hear Italian is, you know, if they would hang out with their grandparents <clears throat> or if their parents wanted to say some shit in front of them <laughs> that they didn't want them to know, you know, right. um, like, I guess how you spell stuff out in front of kids who can't spell. Right. And I think, I think that is at the end of the day, the sort of genius of, of, the Godfather saga of at least of one and two and somewhat in three is, is this constant push and pull of, am I this one thing or this other thing? And, and can I be both? And, and can I ever be the thing that might, you know, this American and no, like they can't, that's the, and the, I think the brilliance of three, since we're sort of like, Pro three, which I'm kind of into. I'm I'm super pro three. Is in Vincent in in Andy Garcia, who is the son the of the bridesmaid <laughs> that Santino fucked in the very first movie. The bastard son of Santino the, the, Corleone. The, the bastard Vincent, son. You see that it will never fucking happen. Right. Like Vito's dream will never happen um you can get far you can be rich you can have power you could buy you can buy the vatican you can buy the vatican you could go give confession to the fucking pope right but you will never be a senator corleone you will never be a governor corleone and so to secure the family he has to pass it on to another generation right um and and it's 
it's fun. I don't know. It's interesting to me because I guess Sophia Coppola and Andy Garcia, Vincent and um, Mary, mm-hmm. they're my, that's my like parents generation. Right. Um, and yeah. And, and I think at the end of the day, like you can't, you can't only get so far, you know? Um, right. You know, he, and he kind of, he almost succeeds with Mary and Anthony. Yeah. Like he, almost. he, you know, he, at, it's important to say, if you've never seen the Godfather trilogy, I don't know who you are. A lot of people haven't seen three. That, that's really, cr- I mean, well, okay. But in two, Kay leaves him. Yeah. Or he, Kay wants to leave him basically. Yeah. But he basically cuts Kay out of their lives forever. Like yeah. including the children. He's like, you are never, you're not taking my kids. Got an abortion. Never gonna, yeah, because she got an abortion. And he's super um, Catholic. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but then in three, you learn that at some point for, for Mary and Anthony's own good, he sends them to live with Kay. Yeah. So they've essentially grown up, like once they reached a certain age, they've essentially grown up with their mom. Uh-huh. And they don't really reunite with Michael until three starts. Yeah. Where yeah. he has he has named, you know, and you learn also that that Anthony doesn't want to be a lawyer. He wants he to be an opera singer, right? He doesn't want to come work for his dad. He yeah. wants to be an opera singer. He wants to be an artist. Mm-hmm. Mary's like 19, so like she doesn't know what the fuck she wants, or she's right. 20 or something. She's making but, meatballs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she he makes Mary the the head of the, the foundation, the Corleone yeah. Foundation. And it's kind of like, all right, Mary's going to do it. Mary's going to be like legitimate and she's going to handle all this money and, and, be benevolent and be the thing that Vito Corleone wanted to be the whole time. Right. right. But then Mary meets, what's his name again? Um, God, I can't Vincent. remember his name. Andy Garcia. Vincent. Yeah. And it's like Mary going back to. Yeah. She goes back to that. She can't let it go. Yeah. And like you can't apart from Vincent and her being first cousins. Right. right, They can't be together. But also Michael is like, you cannot be with Vincent. Right. That part of our life. That is not part of your life. Right. You are not part of this. You cannot be part of this. But Mary's like, I want to. I, I, I love him. Yeah. And in some ways, Vincent is this sort of like brilliant combination of Sonny and Michael. Right. Um, which is honestly what the family needed. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. And like, Mary, like to me, Mary is like, but I love my Italianness. Yes. Like, I love... I love him. And it's, sim- him. it's, yeah. And it's represented, but it's represented by, by Andy Garcia, uh, by and, Vincent. Um, right. Do you know, like randomly De Niro wanted to play that part? What part? Vincent. And Coppola was like, are you fucking out of your mind? <laughs> what? How old was he? Oh, I'm easily in his, I would think forties, right? Mid forties by that point. <laughs> What are you talking about? That's just so crazy to me. Insane person. <laughs> he had already played. Yeah, exactly. yeah. What sense would that make? Yeah. So anyway, I just always you know that that De Niro was up to play Michael. Yes, 
Um, and I think that worked out the right way. Yeah. I don't think there, there's, there's nobody else. Yeah. There's nobody else that could have played young Vito Corleone. No, he's the no. only one. Um, he, and he's perfect. And sort of like an amazing thing is so Bruno Kirby, a very young Bruno Kirby played right. young Clemenza. Clemenza. And he straight up lied about being fluent in Italian. <laughs> so like when he got the part, he was like, oh shit. And had to go learn because De Niro and Bruno Kirby don't, I mean, I think De Niro has one or two lines in English. Yeah. Um, they speak Italian the whole time. time. And I love that he was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. Don't worry about it. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I think the way they cast those roles, the young Clemenza and young Tessio and, 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 He's even like De Niro's even more Marlon Brando than Marlon Brando. Exactly. It's so weird. He's like he's he like got- the folklore version of Marlon Brando. Like what we think of Marlon Brando being when he was young. De Niro right. actually is that thing. Right. Um I also think and, like and beautiful. Just what so, a beautiful young man. I also think it's interesting, like, you know, this is a much larger debate now than it than it was back then um, that, you know, Sonny, like James Kahn is not remotely Italian. No. Um, Andy Garcia isn't. Uh, De Niro, I think, is only half. Um, but it, they're all perfect. They're all perfect. And yeah. I always liked, I mean, when Three came out and I saw that Andy Garcia was playing Vincent, I was like, fucking finally. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, it's finally it's a, a Latin person's turn. Yeah, and then he does fucking Italian. Does in the Untouchables too. He's a great Italian. <laughs> because for so many years, the all the Italians were playing Latins. But yeah, we should also point out for those who don't know, or I mean, I don't know if everybody would even care. I mean, Lee fucking Strasberg is in Godfather too. <laughs> he's in, and he's fucking incredible. So good. Oh my god, he's so good. <laughs> The other thing I want to point out is that Winona Ryder was supposed to play Mary. Yes. But it, she'd had a busy year, I guess. Sure. And she was like exhausted or something. Yeah. And so last minute she had to drop out of the project, which makes me so happy because I don't know if I, I don't know. How she ended up in Dracula though, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so Sofia Coppola gets a lot of flack. For ruining that movie, ridiculous! I'll, I'll tell you, she she doesn't ruin it for me. I mean, she she's a, a brilliant director, uh huh, and a great she's writer, a, and a great writer. She never claimed to be an actor, yeah, but she was around, and her dad said, "Be in this movie. Why wouldn't you do it?" Yeah, I mean, your dad's Francis Ford Coppola, and I'm, I'm going to be in a movie. And I'm sorry, I don't look. She's not Pacino or De Niro or or. Or, you know, Diane Keaton, very few human beings are. Right. Um, not even Pacino and De Niro are Pacino and De Niro anymore. No. Um, I, I don't, I've never, I always thought that was such a bullshit fucking thing. Yeah. I think there are problems with that movie. I don't think it's as good as one and two remotely. I don't think it's nearly as bad as people make out. And I but it's not Sofia Coppola's fault. Fuck no. Also, I think I she's also think she's so shit. beautiful. What? 
She's so beautiful. Oh, I've got a crush on her since that movie. Oh my God. She's just so gorgeous. Yeah. And I, and people made fun of saying, God, leave this fucking girl alone. Yeah. Um, and you know, like he always did his, it's, there's this, you know, so Connie is Talia Shire. That's his little sister. Right. In, in real life. Um, also the mother of Jason Schwartzman for anyone right. who doesn't. Right. He didn't want to put Talia, the, the story he tells is that he didn't want to put Talia Shire as Connie and his mother called and was like, Francis, put your fucking sister in the movie. And he kept well, saying, mom, I think Tal- Tally, I think Tally is what he calls her. Tally's too pretty to be Connie. And his mother was basically like, I want to hear your bullshit. <laughs> you put your fucking sister in the movie. And, you know, he, so his sister's in the movie, his father did music, uh, uh, also, Nina Rota did some music. Oh, my God. Absolutely. It's so good. Um, you know, I went up. The, the the woman who plays the mom, Morgana King. In part one? Throughout the whole. I mean, she dies in two. Older mom. Yeah, the older mom. Okay, older person. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, people don't know this, or very few people know this, I guess. But Morgana King was an incredible jazz vocalist. That's awesome. In the sixties and seventies. Is that like, why he got her? He was just into her. I guess so. He, yeah. you know, she, be, she became super famous when she was about 14. She was all wow. in this like jazz club in New York, because you could do that at that time when you were 14. Sure. There, and, are, no, there are no rules. <laughs> yeah. There are no rules. And I, I don't exactly know how he tapped her to, to play the role, but I, I've always loved her. Like there's something about her that's just kind of like low key and real mom. Yeah. She's, she, I didn't know that about her. I wonder if he was just a fan. I think that's cool. Yeah. But if you go look her up, Morgana King, she, um, She's got an incredible singing voice. That's she's an awesome. Incredible jazz vocalist. Yeah, I wonder if he was just way into her. She's perfect. I mean, it's a it's a tough role. Like she's only in it, especially in one. She's in it very little. Mm-hmm. But like she has a like a presence every time. Oh, it's like the, the things the things that she, it's super important. Like there's that scene in in one where they're all at the dinner table and Carlo, Connie says something and Carlo says to Connie, shut up. And Sunny says, don't tell her to shut up. And the mom is at the head of the table and she says, Santino, don't get involved. Right. And it's like, that's the mom. Yeah. And that's very, like, it's very much tells you a family dynamic. It's like, they're married. Leave it. You're not a part of it. None of your business. And if he had listened. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Lived, you know? Exactly. Oh my gosh, we've gone way over time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the fucking Godfather, it's man. The I mean, fucking Godfather. We could keep talking if we wanted to. Um, maybe John can like. We'll get an intermission. Oh yeah, maybe we could do that. It could be a two-parter. Because when I saw the Godfather in the theater, like when they re-released it, it had an intermission. It totally has an intermission. Intermission. about oranges yes because they're important they they show up quite a bit 
Yeah. And it's like people know, people know that in The Godfather, the oranges are symbolic of death. Of yeah. something, something like something death. bad is going to happen. Something bad is going to happen. Someone always dies. Keep what you, you always know when there's oranges. Right. But this, this last time around, when you and I were talking about how terrible, like what a truly awful human being Michael really is. Mm-hmm. Um, that scene in three where he is confessing to the Pope. Um, and Michael is diabetic. Yeah. And he, Three. yeah. And he, um, starts, he starts to get like a diabetic attack. I don't know what you call it. I'm sorry if I offend diabetic people. Um, and so the Pope calls to his assistant and he says, bring some juice and candy. Like they just have it lying around. Or yeah. Whatever. That's the Vatican. Right. And they bring over orange juice. Yeah. And he is confessing to the Pope. All of these things he's done, but mostly that he killed his brother. Yeah, which is right. The unforgivable sin. Yeah, unforgivable sin. And in the middle of that, he has to drink this glass of orange juice. Yeah. You know? And it's like for me, it was just kind of like, oh, he's like, he is drinking death. He is like this eater of death. Yeah. Death is the thing that keeps him alive. And death is the thing that keeps him going. And I think it's a, that's a great point. And it I blew think it's, my own mind. I th- it's an awesome point. I think it's a brilliant little thing in, in three. And I think the fact that he is, that he has to deal with this thing now is that it's the first weakness you've ever, I shouldn't say weakness. I don't mean that. You know what I mean? The first thing that Michael can't control. Right. Um, he can't control the diabetes. Right. Um, or he has to do certain things to, to, to maintain, you know, to take care of it. I was about to make a Wilford Brimley joke. <laughs> but we've never seen Michael in that situation in one or two. I mean, he's right. always, even when he gets angry, he's always in, in control. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think the, 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 to me, and I think I texted you this, when he kills Fredo, um, I, I think that is in some ways the ultimate betrayal of Vito Corleone. Um, killing Carlo is one thing. Fuck Carlo. Yeah, fuck Carlo. Really family. But his own brother. Yeah, his own brother. Yeah, he even uh, says it. He says, I killed my mother's son. I killed my mother's son. And he knows. He says, you know, once Fredo betrays him, and Fredo got manipulated because Fredo is not the brightest. He's Fredo. Not the brightest. Um, I mean, there's that great line in one where he's like, I knew Santino would have to deal with this. Fredo is Fredo. Like, that's all yeah. you can say about him. But he says nothing happens to him while my mother's still alive. Right. And, you know, like, he knows. Yeah. He knows. That this he, knows. he knows what he did. Man, this movie is just so, This whole, the trilogy is so fucking incredible. And I wish we had time so we could talk, like, in detail about Connie's arc. But I, I fucking love in three where Vincent has gone out and killed whomever. Right. And he comes yeah. back and, and, uh, Oh, he kills the guys that come into his apartment and all that stuff. And Connie says to Michael, um, now they'll fear you. Yeah. And Michael says, maybe they should fear you. Yeah. And you just, you, you see how Connie has kind of like. Evolved. She, yeah. She evolves and, and she I- becomes a killer. Yes. And, and of course I was always in her. And I also love her relationship with Vincent because she and Sonny were so close. Right. Like that's, 
she is in some ways I, by no fault of her own Sonny's demise right he, like love for Connie and need the feeling that he needs to protect his little sister mm-hmm. she's the bait not only is she the only girl she's the baby and Sonny right. is the eldest and like Fucking, I mean, it's like Carlo also did that on purpose. Absolutely. Carlo, he did it on purpose to get, because he knew that's that what Sonny they would call Sonny. The thing you can exploit about Sonny is how he feels about his sister. Right. And so that she ends up being a mentor to his, you know. To Vincent. His son is, is yeah. Yeah. And like the beginning of that, when they're having that party, again, another party, yeah. which is so interesting because here we open three with another party and it's even more hoity toity. Yeah. Right. And, and they are even struggling to get the Italian right in the song. Yeah. They're trying to sing the same song that the mom and the baker were singing in one. In one. And they can't. Connie and, and father Guido Sarducci. Yeah. Um, they're trying to sing the same song. And even young Enzo is there, the baker. Uh, and they can't remember the lyrics. Yeah. Of the Italian song. They're so far removed. They're so um, far removed. Yeah. It's a uh, man. I, I mean, I can't, I, there's probably, you know, there, I know it's like, it's number two or three on all the lists and all that. There, there's probably no other movie that has had, that has the same effect on me as this, this series, um, just cause I think it's brilliant. And also because it is this weird somehow glimpse into s- some version of, of my family's, not that we were in the mob. I wish I'd be way wealthier, but you know, it is kind of like, I think, I mean, I love it. I mean, I'm not Italian, but I love it because of exactly what it says about being American, right? And how for some people, for some of us, that idea is just no matter how much we think we've reached it, Mm -hmm. to some people, we will never, I will never be as American as they are, even though my family has been here much longer than like I will all my Americanness will always be questioned before somebody who doesn't who look who is white, right? I, you know, and even it's, though you're eighth generation or whatever, doesn't, yeah, doesn't matter, yeah, doesn't matter. And and you know, like this is a sort of stupid analogy to use, but you know, there's a real good chance you and I never see an Italian or a Mexican president before we die. Oh, absolutely. A really good chance. Um, you know, and like, it's not like I'm sitting around like, I need an Italian president, especially because most Italian politicians in this country fucking suck. <laughs> but uh, you can't, don't tell me, I, I can't, you know, not yeah. everyone can be president. Sorry. Yeah. And I mean, I, I hope, like, uh, I look at, uh, what's her name? Alejandra Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, man. And I'm like, maybe one day she'll be vice president. Yeah, or maybe she will make or it. That would be amazing. I don't know if I'll be here to see it. But I don't know if I'll like, be here to see it. It's like 29 or 30. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I, you know, now, again, I, that's not to say, like, we had a Supreme Court Justice Scalia. I mean, he fucking was terrible, but, like, in Giuliani. But, like, yeah, I don't think I'll see, which is so weird. Like, now I'm all over the fucking map, and I know we're way over time. Like, I haven't talked to Dante about this. Yeah. This sort of thing. But when people would lump Sanders in, oh, another old white man. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you just going to ignore that this man would be the first Jewish president in the United right. States. Right. You're going to lump him in with people right. like fucking Biden or whatever. It's right. Like, you don't think his family dealt with fucking shit. Right. Well, and the fact that, that he is, he's old enough to have gone through a lot of that fucking shit in the United yes, States. Exactly. And I don't want to start a whole political thing, but it's like, you don't, Fuck you. I don't know, man. That's all I can say is fuck fuck you. You don't, that guy does not have, it's just different. It's just different. And I don't don't believe in America. No, I don't either. And I say that again, knowing that I have a ton of benefits that you and your family will never have. Right. uh, Because I am white and no one really questions that I am. Um, that, yeah, so I know I have it way easier than most people, um, but that's not my heritage. Your heritage, fuck you. Yeah. That's not, your fucking America is not my America. My family got here in 1910. Go fuck yourselves. Right. Um, and for a generation, uh, we weren't allowed to pray in church with the Irish, and my grandmother got beat up by nuns if she didn't speak English. So fuck off. I don't have the same background as you. It's, um, it's true. Like it, uh, it, you're absolutely right. You're abs- I mean, it's like, yeah, you are, you are considered white. Sure. And I am, and I get all the passes. I get all. Right. But like your heritage does not include all the, the I don't know how, I don't know how to put it. I don't know how to describe it. It's just a different. The, the, the shit that your grandparents had to go through. Right. Not the same. Right. As what, wasps right and that is again i acknowledge other groups have it and had it far worse i i do not say that, but it's again it's not it's i don't have that background um and like i said i i love mashed potatoes and pecan pie at christmas but it's not my christmas right right i um, mean i think that if if this country if if your heritage has like a well-known racial slur <laughs> Then, then you you didn't have it that easy. Oh uh, yeah. If there is a well known racial slur, sure, or for your ethnicity, yeah, then you didn't you didn't have it quite as easy. <laughs> right. It may have come in stages, right? It may be better for you now. Yeah. Yes. But, but it, it doesn't mean that your parents didn't have to put up with. Yeah, and that your grandparents said, yeah, exactly, right. With what what's what is the worst that white people have? Karen? What is the worst <laughs> that white people have? Wasp? Yeah. I mean wasp isn't even bad. It's just like white Anglo-Saxon prophet. Yeah, That's man. It's an acronym. It's just true. <laughs> I'm not saying dirty wasp. I'm right. saying right? Right. Yeah. I, I it's a, yeah, it's it is it is your people and my people and Asian people and black people we all have very well-known racial slurs. 
Yeah, it's 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 just a, it's that a, are ugly. Yeah, and um, I mean, and I think, <laughs> I mean, one of the, I hate this, I'm laughing. One of my favorite lines in The Godfather actually I know which one you're an say. Italian ethnic slur. But man, with his olive oil voice and his guinea jar. <laughs> well, I love it when he goes, listen, no guinea wop is going to come, whatever, whatever. And he goes, well, I'm Irish. <laughs> goes, well, listen, my Mick Kraut friend. It's like, <laughs> and they're like, oh, this producer just hates everyone. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it's like because even Irish people, they're white, but they also have like a racial slur. Oh, and God, they, to, they were poor and Catholic. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. It's it's it's, you know, yeah. And they came they got here before most Italians did and had to deal, you know, like no Irish need apply and all, all, all that stuff. Right. And, and so, yeah, it's it, Dante and I had a whole conversation about this. It's like, it's Protestant, but it's specifically Calvinist. Like, it's a very Calvinist point of view. These Calvinists that, like, truly believe in manifest destiny and truly believe in, like, just by virtue of their faith, they are entitled. Yes. Yeah. And still very much live in not just a Puritan Protestant country, but a Calvinist that's a great point. And I, and I think to bring it back, I mean, I think, look, obviously the Godfather is, is, is heavily about, you know, the Italian American experience and especially how Coppola views it and all that. But I do think it, it is, it is also, it is an immigrant story, right? And, and Coppola is the child of immigrants and, and has achieved a lot more than a lot of people, especially in his field, but still has something to say. Yeah. The, 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 this is, I believe in America. It just doesn't, that doesn't really work out, you know? Yeah, it doesn't. Maybe next time we should talk about something else that maybe is not considered a horror movie. I, I'm all for it. Yesterday, day before yesterday, I watched Space Odyssey, 2001 Space Odyssey. I hadn't seen it in years, 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 years. And I saw it again and I am just in awe. It is absolutely mind blowing. It is mind blowing. Blowing, and I even said it. I was like, if a movie could be your boyfriend, I, I would choose that movie. And then I saw 2010, and I was like, what? Right, because uh, Stanley Kubrick didn't make that one. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. hey, like you said, there are no rules. So if you would talk about two, maybe we'll just do the like top ten on all those fucking lists. Yeah, maybe we should. We should get super stoned. Kids don't do drugs. And talk about 2001. Right, it's one of my favorite movies, so oh, I'm, I'm always up so for good. it. So good. Um, um, cool. Well, hey, Godfather, y'all. It's not a horror movie, but go see it. Go see two. And give three another chance. Give three another chance. Give yourself a little assignment. To, to ask, to tell yourself, I'm going to watch the parties in all three movies and compare and contrast. Yeah. Or, Say, I'm going to watch out for oranges in all three movies and orange symbology. Uh, or when they speak Italian, when it's yeah. when it's not. Um, you'll learn so much. You Yes, go for it. Um, cool. All right. Well, then we're going to talk about something next week. We'll figure we'll it out. We'll talk about something next week. I don't know. Yeah. No rules, Christy. All right. All right. I'll see you. Bye. Bye.